0: You know, the church is the only organization where the founder attends every week. I've said it for years. Jesus is here. Every service he comes, he's here. Jesus Christ is here in the service. Every time. I mean, if he's here, I'm coming. And if he's here, he can still do some mighty works. Open to Hebrews chapter 13. If Jesus is here, he can still do some mighty things in your life. If he's here, the the morning can be wonderful. Isn't that right? It can at least be special. It can be powerful. It can be life giving. If Jesus is here, there's nothing that's impossible. So you need to know that. He's walking through the aisles, he's ready for anybody. He'll sit with anybody, he'll sit with anybody that wants him. And so open your heart real big. Today, we're having a special uh, healing time where we're going to minister to the sick. Pastor Joni and I are going to minister to the sick, at least at the end, maybe before that. And so if you've come to be healed or delivered or set free, today's your day. Come on, those who come expecting, get it. Those who come with a purpose can have it. And so we're going to minister to the sick, and many people will be healed instantly. Some will be healed before they leave the blue carpet. Others will be healed before they get to the car, and some will be healed at home probably tonight. If you're not well after we minister to you, if you're not well uh, by next Sunday, come back for prayer. We'll do it one more time. Uh, give it at least ten days. Give it at least ten days. If you don't see any improvement after ten days, we'll come. We'll redo it again. Sometimes you need a little redo. Sometimes your faith wasn't, wasn't prepared. Sometimes your heart wasn't fully open. Sometimes whoever was praying maybe, maybe missed the word of knowledge or missed something. We'll try it again. The goal is to get the power of God to, to enter you and help you and touch you. The goal is to make sure that God can put his hand on you. Sometimes it takes three times. Is that scripture? Well, it took Jesus twice one time. A blind fellow came and Jesus laid his hands on him. Or he spit on him, spit on his eyeballs, and it didn't work fully. He said, what do you see? He said, well, I see men like trees walking, kind of blurry. He laid his hands on him again, and he said, what do you see now? He said, I see every man clearly. Amen. So if Jesus had to do it twice, we might have to do it twice or three times. We have to do it three times. And uh, But whatever it is, you can be set free from. Jesus wants you free. I'm going to... Listen, I want to prove to you that Jesus wants you free. Now, we've been talking a lot about uh, my, our book called God Why, Why do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And it's got all the real reasons why bad things happen. It's got the myths that people hide behind as to why prayer, didn't, prayer went unanswered or why bad things happen to good people. There's myths that you need answers to. There's real reasons you need to be aware of. Uh, and there's all sorts of, of rocks to kick over, all, all sorts of questions to kick over. But for Christians, it's very important to understand it fully because every Christian at some point in your life, every Christian is going to pray to God to be healed. Every Christian at some point in their life, if they believe in God, they know he can heal people. Every Christian is going to pray at some point in their life to be healed by God and or to heal a family member or a friend. Every single Christian in here is going to pray that God would heal? At some point, what are you gonna do if it doesn't seem like it worked? The answer is you're gonna learn. I mean, you're gonna go back to the Bible and you're gonna learn. Because there's a way that, that every single person can be healed when they pray. You have to establish, it is God's will. We've been doing that, it is God's will. He wants every one of you to be saved and go to heaven. He wants every one of you to be healed in your body right now. There's a reason why people don't get saved and there's a reason why people don't get healed. So it it takes takes quite quite a while to establish the framework for understanding all of it. But that's your job. That's part of discipleship, to learn when prayers get answered and when they don't get answered. It's your job to learn why prayers go unanswered sometimes So that you can solve it for yourself. I'm not here to solve it for another person. I'm here to solve it for you. You know yourself. You have to establish this in your own heart. Everybody okay with that? Sometimes it just takes learning something. Sometimes it just takes acknowledging a false uh, thought that you've had. A misconception that you grew up with. You know, when nobody knows the will of God, you know, whatever happens is God's will you gotta, you got you to gotta realize that's not in the Bible. That is not a Bible truth. That's not a scripture. It's just the opposite. God has told us his exact will. I mean, a lot of Christians live as if they don't have a Bible at all. Oh, we just believe that God, whatever happens, happens for a reason. It's all up to God. As if there's nothing that he said about anything in the Bible. No, it's in the Bible. He didn't want us to go blind. He didn't want us to live just blindly believing him. He wanted to tell us exactly how to live, exactly what to believe, exactly what he wanted. There's a whole instruction manual here of what he wants of you, how he wants you to live and what he wants you to believe and how you can receive miracles and how you can avoid the devil. The way some Christians talk, you wouldn't even know there was a devil. Well I don't know why God would let this happen. Well, why did God do this to me? Well why did God want me to go through this? Well, why did God and then ever once mention the devil? Yeah. Good word. Amen. Hebrews 13:8. remember this today. Hebrews 13:8: Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's alive, so he's the same yesterday and forever and today. He's the same today. Whatever the date is today, he's the same today. He's the same today as he was when he walked the earth. So there might be some spitting. We're going to have to put that in our repertoire, make sure that we're considering that for every blind eye. Even the deaf mutes got some spit on their tongue. He's the same today, so spit is not out of the question. Mud pie in the eyeball is not out of the question. Certainly casting out demons is not out of the question. All those things are very real. He's the same today, uh, yesterday, and forever, so you can expect healing today. In the old day, they came to him because they expected to be healed, but he's the same today, so you should expect to be healed. I don't care who you are how long you've been around or how how shortly you've been around. Today, God wants you well. Go to uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, foundation scriptures here. You need to understand the purpose of Jesus Christ. One scripture said, The Son of God was manifested... That he might destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. One of the works of the devil is sickness, oppression, anxiety, depression, uh, sickness, uh, and sickness, and sickness. Those are the works of the devil. It's not from God. Infirmity, weakness, distress, grief, pain. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Uh, Luke chapter four here, this is when Jesus stood up and told his purpose to the first group. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. That's twofold. Good news to the poor is that you don't have to be poor anymore. And good news to the poor is since the poor don't have anything, they'll respond to it. The poor respond to the gospel quicker than the rich do. He has sent me to heal. He has sent me to heal. He has sent me to heal. The brokenhearted. Listen, it would be good for you to get your broken heart healed now. Go ahead and get your broken heart healed. Go ahead and get whatever hurts restored. Everybody grew up with them. You've accumulated brokenheartedness through the years. I mean, maybe not everybody, but most everybody. You've accumulated stuff in your heart that has just bothered you. It's a weight that's dra- that you're dragging around. You've got to get healed of that. You've got to get healed and whole and start feeling good about yourself. You've got to start feeling good about who you are in Christ. You've got to start feeling good about God has accepted you and called you and blessed you. And he's, he's good with you. He's adopted you. He chose you you got to start feeling good about yourself. Let's just go ahead and practice it. Just close your eyes and hold your hands up or something and say, God, God, I'm your child. child. Thanks for saving me. Thanks for for making me righteous. righteous. Putting me in Christ Christ. and in the family and and giving me me the family name. Lifting me up, standing me upright. I am, somebody, I am somebody, and I'm healed, and I'm, healed. And I'm restored. And I'm restored. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Amen. Now, if you need more of that, we'll do it at the altar today, okay? But you're going to have to open up your heart real big. You're going to have to get real, way down into the depths of your soul, those things you don't want to deal with on the inside of you, and you're going to have to let them go. I don't got to know them. Nobody has to know them. You don't have to detail them. Uh, You don't have to go get psychological about it. You're not sitting with a psychologist or a psychiatrist that you have to drum up all your past hurts. You just need to let them go. You need to go ahead and receive from Jesus healing from your broken heart. Say it out loud. Say, he heals me from my broken heart. I am no longer damaged. And that settles it. No more broken heart. Say it out loud. No more broken heart. That settles it. That settles it. I'm not broken anymore. All right. Some of you just got free, you don't even realize it. That's all it that's all it takes. What we just did, listen, what we just did was what faith people are supposed to do. What believers in Christ are supposed to do. We're supposed to read a truth and apply it immediately. He heals the brokenhearted, Woo, that's me. He fixes me on the inside, glory to God. I'm fixed, am I fixed, am I fixed? I'm fixed, I'm restored, the damage is undone. Thanks, God. And then when you get home, run around your room for a while thinking about it. We don't mind you running around the church if you want to, but that's what faith people do. Faith people take the truth, receive it, and be done with it. You act on it. You believe it, don't you? Don't you believe it? Then act like it. When you read a truth like this, that's not the time to say, yeah, I need, I need some prayer. You don't believe it. So I'm just trying to show you what, what faith really looks like. And if you can get into faith, you, you can start having miracles happen. Amen. Miracles. And then that is the answer. Why did this? And why doesn't that? And why didn't God... It's because being all wimpy and mealy mouth about your problems don't get answers. Well, doesn't God know what I'm going through all, you know, why did he let that and this and not that and this? That's the, that's why, God, why, that's why you're wimpy. You're not being a true believer. You're, you're dragging along traditional attitudes, worldly attitudes. You don't really believe in Jesus. No, I do. I believe in Jesus. I got a picture of him over my bed. You don't learn who God is by a picture. You learn it from scripture. And all you got to do is believe this first, this first sermon. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Did those things happen? Yes, Yes, and they're still happening today. To proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom for the captives. Anybody held captive by something? Anybody held captive by something? It could be a sin. It could be a destruction in your soul. Could be a broken heart. Could be a sickness or disease. Could be a limp. Are you held captive by anything? Could be a chronic migraine. Could be depression. You held captive by any pill bottle? Let's kick that thing in the teeth. Come on, he came to preach deliverance, deliverance, deliverance to the captives. Freedom from that stuff. Rely on Jesus. Don't don't get off your medication, don't do that till you kick it in the, till you kick the disease in the teeth, you'll know when, it's when you're free, hallelujah, and recovering of sight to the blind, that would be both spiritual blindness and physical blindness, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, oh, I have to mention recovery of sight to the blind, why are you wearing glasses, I'm not blind, I can still see my wife somewhere, I can, I can certainly still read, I can actually read better without them, but anyway. to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Come on. Listen, we pray all the time. We got prayer groups praying all the time that every person that comes through those doors uh, gets free from oppression. Listen, all the way to the back of this room, you can be free from oppression. That means anything that's, that's sitting on you, anything that's giving you a heartache and headache during the week, oh no, we don't, we don't stand for it. We don't stand for it. So all, all I need to know is that you're dealing with it and we'll set you free, because we're not having it. I want you to know that there's enough people in this room that won't let you keep that. We're not having that. We're, we're Christians, we're freed from the devil and all of his works. And so that's why we have altar time and that's why we fight for you and that's why we pray and that's why we minister healing. And that's why we act so bold in confidence because the devil is under our feet. Jesus has put all things under his feet he's put all things under his feet and if you're his body the lowest you could be is the foot so all bad things are under your feet so how many of you want to be the soul of the foot in the body of Christ we need a soul of the foot all the evil still under you to set at liberty those who are oppressed or depressed or possessed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is why Jesus came. Got it? He did come to die. Sure, he's going to take care of sin and, and our eternity with the cross. But the cross included everything else too. Go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, this is just foundational about why Jesus was here. What he did on the earth, he's still doing today. The only difference is now he's doing some other things. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now he's making intercession for the saints. Now he's executing everything that we say. On the earth, he was just doing what he said and what God said. But now he's executing everything that we call him for. We're ambassadors for him. He said, in my name, you go preach the gospel. In my name, you go do the devil casting out. In my name, you go do the laying on the hands and they'll recover. And the Lord worked with the apostles confirming the word and he'll work with us today confirming the word. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Peter's preaching. This is part of his message. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Notice he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. First of all, he was healing how many? How many people was he healing? Which people was he healing? And who did the oppressing? Who was the oppressor? Who was the sickness causer? Who was the harmer? Who was the killer? Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the The devil. Devil. Nobody was oppressed by God. What's happened in your life has never been God oppressing you. Well, you know, we know that he wouldn't do it, but he allowed it. Man, we got rope. We're going to tie you up in this church until you learn to quit saying that garbage. You're still trying to bring God in on your calamity when it's the devil. Jesus healed all the people oppressed by the devil. And it never says, and he left some oppressed who were oppressed by God. Because God doesn't do the oppressing. Everybody who's oppressed, it's the devil. Now, you might have let the devil in. But if you'll just relinquish that and repent and be willing to say, okay, I need help from this devil. He'll set you free. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll set you free. How many of you will he set free? He'll set everybody free. Every single person free. Lift your hands up. Let him set you free. Let him set you free. Let him set you free. Right now. Right now. Tell the thing in you to go that you don't want. Tell the thing, maybe a pain, tell it to go. Say go. Pick something and tell it to go. Out. All right. Put your hands down. Take a deep breath. Say, I'm not going to be nervous in the healing service. People get nervous for themselves like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get it? And Then they they get nervous for other people. Oh my gosh, what if nothing happens? Don't be nervous in the healing service. If you're nervous, just close your eyes. Hey, we've done this a lot. I mean, I've been around. We've traveled the world. and We can feel it. You can feel it in the service when people get a little bit nervous. Like, oh, no, the big one's coming. Like Fred Sanford. I feel the big one. No interpretation for that. Only... Only a few. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's answer this question here. Uh, Turn to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. So once we know these things, once we get saved, it's like, wow, we're saved. I'm in mean, Christ. Uh, how come I'm still dealing with? Well, you got to have some faith in something right. You got to have, you got to hear this truth. You got to hear that God still heals the sick. You got to hear that Jesus still does God's will. Jesus said, I only do what I see the father do. He said, I, he said, I only say what I see the, hear the father say. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So when you watch Jesus through scripture, he's healing everybody, setting everybody free that comes to him. That's the will of the father. You got to hear that. You got to learn that Jesus wants everybody fixed. Right. Not everybody's fixed, but he wants them fixed. But he needs, he needs some steps of faith. He needs us to come and trust and believe and open up fully and then act on it. Simple. That's the simple uh, uh, facet of faith. Well, what about Christians who seem to be struggling? Well, let's add this to our repertoire. Verse 30. First Corinthians 1130 says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. That's not talking about church. That's not talking about people sleeping in church. Your Bible might translate it differently. It's those who die prematurely. Many have died prematurely and many are weak and sick among you, among you, amongst the church. How does that that contradict what we're saying? Here we got all all this wonderful truth about Jesus setting the captives free and yet some people are still weak and sick. Well, don't form a, a, a conclusion based on an opinion. Don't just dream up an answer. Well, I guess God just has a reason. Don't do that. Learn the Bible so you can find all the possibilities. So it says here, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you. Many are dying prematurely. Here's the reason that even good and well-meaning Christians sometimes suffer. I'm giving you a chance to read it. Are you reading it? It's not just one scripture. It's a whole passage. Let's back up. Let's start with verse 30, then back up. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep." Back up to verse 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So not discerning the Lord's body is the reason many are weak and sick and dying prematurely. Discerning the Lord's body, what does that mean? Good question. Not understanding or seeing the significance of the Lord's body is a reason Christians are weak and sick and dying prematurely. Not understanding the Lord's body, not discerning the Lord's body is a reason why good, well-meaning Christians suffer with sickness and disease. Now, everybody in here should be thinking, well, I want to make sure that I understand the Lord's body. That's how you're supposed to read the Bible. He's not trying to keep it blind to you and in the dark. He's trying to unveil the mystery to us. And so this passage is really focused on you and I walking in divine health. Or we could say walking in the light of the cross. Walking in the reality of what redemption has gained us. We just did a redemption message a couple Wednesdays ago or maybe it was Sunday, I don't know. Redemption has gained us salvation, eternal life, yes, and healing. And prosperity. Redemption has gained us these things, but if you don't understand the cross and how and why the cross has given it to us, then you might be weak and sick and dying prematurely. You and I can walk in divine health if we discern the Lord's body. Understand and see the significance of What happened on the cross? Specifically, this passage is concerning communion. When we receive communion in church, we're taking the bread, which is his body, and we're taking the grape juice, which is his blood. The significance of that is that his body was broken. He sacrificed himself so that you could be made whole. He's broken so you don't have to be. That's the significance of the cross, is that he was thrashed and beaten. He took all of your beating. He took all of your stripes. He took all of your whipping. He took all of your iniquity, so you don't have to carry it. You don't have to carry your sin, and you don't have to carry your disease. He took it all upon him. You need to understand that, and you need to live in the reality of that, and that's why receiving communion is important for your life. It's to remember. It's to wrap yourself, in, or we can say wrap your soul in that truth, to, to carry a consciousness of the cross at all times. Right. Like tomorrow, barbecue day, Tuesday, Barbie. whatever you're doing, you're carrying a consciousness that I, I'm, I'm redeemed, I'm secured, I don't have to deal with sickness, disease. The commercial comes on of all the sickness that you might have and you're quick to turn it off because you don't need that seed planted in your heart. Or, or listen, don't just sit there and listen to it, either turn it off or you tell it. Say, no, no, not me, not me, not me. Why, because it's, it, this is in my soul. I know who I am, I know what the cross did for me, I'm wrapped up in Christ, I'm, I'm actually seated with him. We're seated with him in heavenly places. That's life changing. So the communion reminds us, I'm, in, I, I'm discerning his body. I'm in his body. I'm made whole. So whatever comes to me, no, 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 no. And so it talks about in an unworthy manner. Yeah, you need to check your heart. You need to live close to the Lord. Sure, you need to live, you need to live close to the Lord. You you shouldn't eat and drink the communion elements uh, unworthily. Like, don't just fake it that you're a real Christian. Act like it. Be one on a daily basis. Live close to the Lord. Let's let's go ahead and add that in there. Live close to the Lord. Remember the cross, and you'll be free from sickness and disease. Now your soul has to grasp that. You need to put some effort into grasping that. Today is not enough. Today just points you to the solution, like you're going to have to spend a little time on this, deciding if it's for you, deciding if you're willing to take that step of faith and say, you know what? That's it. That's it. I'm going to be a bulldog against sickness and disease. I'm going to, I'm going to whip that sucker. Amen. Or whatever lingo you like to use. How, how do you say it in Spanish? No mas enfermedad. No mas enfermedad for me family. Familia. Hey, Jesus Christo. Jesus Christo. Te sanada ora. Did I get it right? Isaiah fifty three I learned enough to just get people saved and healed in Spanish. In front of me daddy in tu cuerpo? Jesucristo, Dey sonara hora. Jesucristo murió por tu por tu mecado, pecados. Muy bien. Gloria a Dios. Alabala al señor. Jesucristo es la luz del mundo. See, I know a little bit, just a little bit, but don't try to talk to me. I don't know anything. I only know what I want to say. I don't know what you're saying. What are you doing, brother? Everything you're saying, you got a sermon? Everything, you, everything, everything you're saying by the devil? He's got his doctor report. He's got his doctor report. All his numbers are normal. You healed now? Yeah. <laughs> Glory <laughs> Glory And I got it He When he got when he got hold of this the light shone the spark of faith happened And I got his pill bottles in my office. I've I've had bags of pills given to the church. That's it, I'm done. Totally well, people, totally well. From mental problems, depression, and physical ailment. That's not how you get healed. It's the proof that you know you are. So there's no necessity of it. But man, when you get free, you get free. So people question some, some of this like, well, I don't know about this discerning the Lord's body thing. Let's prove it scripturally. Because you can't just take one scripture in a vacuum. You, you got to interpret all scripture in light of other, other scripture. You just have to. You have to get the full picture if you're going to be a good Christian. If you're a Bible student, if you're going to be a real honest Bible person, you can't just pick one out and start fighting people. It's like, if you want to fight, you better have your bullets, Okay. Like I'm, I'm willing to talk to you on the phone or answer an email, but if you're gonna fight, you better have some bullets, with with an actual powder in it. Like, don't come come at me with your little Sabbath day commands. So, this is Isaiah. He's a prophet, the Old Testament. He's seeing ahead hundreds of years ahead, he's seeing Jesus on the cross. He's predicting the Messiah. He's actually seeing some spiritual significance about the cross. Most of the prophets in the Old Testament said nothing about Jesus, the savior of the soul. They only spoke of the Messiah, the king coming to dominate the world. But Isaiah saw a spiritual significance of his first coming. Chapter 53, Isaiah 53 Verse one, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now the arm of the Lord or the hand of the Lord is always mentioned uh, regarding the saving, healing, delivering arm of God. When you see that in the Bible, arm or hand, it's the power's coming. So who has, whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, it's the one that believes the report. So you do have to believe. For the, we'll skip verse two, he's talking about uh, he won't be esteemed. Verse three, he's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. Remember the disciples, they all ran away from the cross. He was despised and we did not esteem him. That's Jesus first coming. That's Jesus, the, uh, the, the sufferer for humanity's sake. Then, then verse four explains what happened. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So that term, by his stripes we are healed, is a very important uh, phrase, by his stripes we are healed. And now some people say, well, yeah, that just means spiritually healed. Well, we are spiritually healed, but it also means mentally healed. And it also means spiritually healed, and I'll prove it to you. I mean, physically healed. Spiritually, we're saved. Mentally, we're delivered. And physically, we're actually healed in our bodies. and and let me just translate these words a bit. Verse four, he has borne our griefs. Americans equate grief with my sorrow upon someone's death or a loss in my life. But the word in the Hebrew means more than just that. It does mean griefs, but it also means calamity, anxiety, weakness. And then sorrows would refer to anguish, affliction, grief, and pain. And so he was bruised for these, wounded for these. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, meaning the correction we needed to have peace in our life was upon him. So he took that correction. He took that beating that would correct us. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, go to Matthew 8. Matthew 8 is the fulfillment of that prophecy Matthew 8 this is the ministry of Jesus he's healing the sick he's delivering the oppressed he's preaching the gospel verse 16 Matthew 8 16 when evening had come they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word what word come out that's the word and he healed all who were sick. See that? Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, basically quoting Isaiah 53 with a different phrase. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. See that? This is the proof that physical healing... And deliverance is part of the Isaiah 53 prophecy. By his stripes, I am freed from demons and healed from sicknesses. You got to sit on this for a while. You got to live on this for a while. You got to let this reality take part in your soul or let your soul take part in this reality because by his stripes, we are healed. Jesus is the same yesterday and forever. But what about today? I said, but what about today? Today, if you can get this revelation in your heart, you'll be healed today. And if you don't, you're susceptible to weakness and sickness. So if you're hearing this message, you have action plan. Did y'all catch your assignment? You have an assignment. Sure gets real enthusiastic when we talk about assignments. I wish, don't you wish there was a button as you're leaving, you could just hit the easy button. Boom. Got it. Boom. Got it. Boom. Got it. That'd be easy, wouldn't it? Or just drive through. I'd like a large healing. Thank you very much. Hurry up. Hurry up. What's taking so long? Okay. I got it. No, the faith life is different. It's very personal between you and God. It's very intimate between you and God. You take these truths and you, and you act like they're very precious. Yes. And you talk to the Lord about it. And you put it on the table and you rejoice about it and you get the family to read. Hey, look everybody, this is so important. This is so important so that we can take part in this inheritance. So that we can experience his goodness. He's provided this, let's believe it. Let's believe it. But how long do we have to believe it? forever. Just forever. Glory. Hallelujah. Don't let little foxes sneak in and mess up your theology. Okay. Uh, I wanted to mention this little phrase, generational curse. You ever heard of that before? Okay, let me ask you this. Is there a phrase in the Bible that says generational curse? No! Then why is everybody saying it so much? It's like a big giant of threat people are talking about. Generational curse, generational curse. What? It's not even in the Bible. And that's why you don't hear us preach about it. It's not that we're neglecting it. It's not that we're ignorant. It's that we've tried all these false doctrines and found them lacking. Here's where it comes from. In the Old Testament, part of the Ten Commandments actually was that, and it was only for a particular group of people. Here's part of the 10 commandments. You shall not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So to experience a, a curse, you'd have to hate God. And you'd have to be an idolater making images. That's the only place that you really see it. And it's, this, that scripture is quoted a couple times. That's the only time you see it in, in the scripture. The other scripture says he's not going to punish you for your father's sins. So stop calling it a generational curse. That, that, cre- that inflates it to a place that, oh my gosh, I need some real spiritual help to get out of this generational curse. That is not how you do it. Jesus never ministered against generational curses. Paul, the apostle, Peter, the apostle, John, James, Jude, they never mentioned anything about generational curse. It's not part of the gospel. Getting out of a generational curse is not part of the gospel. That's not the gospel message to people. Okay. This is how, if you think that you're experiencing some sort of generational curse, first, it's not a generational curse. Kids and children experience many things their parents are experiencing by proximity. Your parents are alcoholic, you're getting the, the, the brunt of it. Your parents have a poverty mentality, yeah, it's gonna pass down until somebody breaks it. Sometimes there's hereditary things uh, that are in the genes and such, and sure, you need to take a stand and say, not to me, not to me. Yes, but don't think of it, I'm cursed. The curse came because of disobedience. No Christian today is cursed. So here, This is how you need to imagine or think of this problem. If I think I'm dealing with something from the past, get saved. Just get saved. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. He hung on the tree. He cursed the curse. It's all reversed now. So get saved and then you're out from all the curse of the law. He redeemed us from the curse. For every Christian, it's done. Just get saved. If you still feel like you're dealing with something from the past, believe Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I'm saved out of all that calamity and all that destruction. Whatever the curse brought, I'm saved from it. I'm even saved from grandma and grandpa's stupidity. Just be done with it. Take a stand and say, no more. I resist the devil. I've now learned the truth. I'm drawing near to God. I'm resisting the devil, and he will flee from me, and that settles it. I don't have to bring in this sensational term to make me feel successful. So why do people do it then? Because it's sensational. It gets a crowd. It sells a book. Generational curse. It alerts, oh my gosh, I need to know what this is. I'm sure people have been delivered by, by claiming I'm free from generational. Fine, fine, fine. But that's not how we preach it. It's not necessary. I think I'm still dealing with a, nothing seems to be going for me. Must be under a curse. Curse from a generation, curse from a witch, curse from, those people are talking bad about me. I think they've caused me to be cursed. Look, if other people's words against you would curse you, you're in a big trouble. If that was the case, Jesus would never have made it to the cross. He'd have died early. They hated him. Think of all the Christians who've been cursed by all sorts of people. They don't, they don't hurt you. Stop, having, stop putting your faith in people's stuff. Don't put your faith in your family's problems. Listen, if, you're, if your forefathers in your family were heathens, get saved, stay saved, and, and, and resist their life. You might even have parents you need to disconnect from. Sure, if you're if you're equally if you if you're unequally yoked together too closely with even family, if they're not saved and their lifestyle is heathen, dis, disconnect. You're not supposed to be connected tightly to to heathens and pagans and haters of God. I mean, you can have a one chicken leg at the barbecue but then you got to leave. I mean, really to, to think that you're under a generational curse as a Christian, terrible handicap for your life, terrible handicap to feel like you're a victim, change, chained to something you didn't even cause. No, no, that's from the devil. The only generational curse is the people preaching that. They're keeping people chained to something that they don't need to. Now, if you have some genetic thing that's passed down in your family, recognize the power of the cross, the name of Jesus, and say, it's not happening to me. Heart trouble, cancer, no, 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 out, 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 out. The truth is demons do exist. And when a person dies with demons, the demons have to go somewhere. Where are they going to go? Whoever's in the hospital room. No, 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 no. Sometimes... Where are, the, where are demons going to go once a person dies? Well, they're going to go somewhere they're familiar with. So there are familiar spirits. There's demons that need to live somewhere. And if you let them, they'll live with you. Just recognize that and say, no, not here. No, 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 no. My genetics don't determine my health. No, 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 no. I'm going to live at the cross. I'm going to discern the Lord's body. I'm not dying prematurely. Faith overcomes every natural obstacle. Faith in what? Faith in these truths. Hallelujah. Even Israel, when they turned from their pagan ways, then God saved them out of the curse. Stay with God, you'll be safe. It's really not generational curse that sinners need to get saved from. They just need to get saved from sin. They just need to get saved, period. Period. So that's not the message is not generational curse. All right. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. James 5 last scripture. James 5 Verse 13. James 5:13 Is anyone Among you suffering, notice what it says: Is anyone among you suffering? What does it say? Let him pray. If you suffer, pray. Is any is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs with the praise and worship team. I mean, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Singing is part of the Christian lifestyle. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? What are you supposed to do then? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick or heal the sick. Same word. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Simple as that. Can you believe that scripture? can you just simply call the elders of the church, let them pray over him? Yes. Yes. Now, it's better if you do it in person. You don't have to have the oil. Actually, phone is fine too sometimes. Phone, in a, in a time of desperation, when you can't get to the church, uh, a phone call can get the power of God through the phone line. Yes. Through the, there's no phone lines anymore that you're using. It's air. <laughs> right through the air, God's power can flow. But you got to make the call, and you got to do it on purpose. you got to know what you're doing when you make a phone call for healing. It's not, everybody, just, just put me on the prayer list. Y'all, y'all pray for me sometime. Oh, okay, fine. Lord. You want to be healed, you call for the elders of the church. And then it says, let him pray over him. Then it says, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The oil is only necessary if you think it's important. If you have faith in the oil, we'll use the oil. But usually Americans or or non-Jews don't have much faith in oil because you didn't grow up seeing oil used. Does that make sense? The Hebrews saw oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. All Christians, we know the Holy Spirit comes without oil. In In the upper room, the Holy Spirit fell on everybody without any oil poured. But James is actually writing to Jews James' gospel was written to Jews, so for any Jew who believes the oil is important, we'll anoint you with oil. It's not necessary unless you want it. What is necessary is the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. So you need to come just real real humbly, simply, like a little child. If you ever need to be healed, you just come up like a little child. Just stick your heart out like a child. Just be real simple about it, Real, real happy about it, real faith-filled about it, like, help me, help me. And that's particularly how you're supposed to come as a new Christian. As a new Christian, just come get healed. As a two-year-old Christian, just come get healed. As a five-year-old Christian, just come get healed. Now, as you grow and learn, yeah, you'll be more responsible for learning 1 Corinthians 11. You'll have to learn about the cross. You'll have to get closer to God. Sure, there's more responsibility on you as a mature Christian, but as any Christian, you can just come forward as a little child and get well. Isn't that exciting? Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the word of God, the love of God, and the spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.